worship leaders, worship musicians, and those who love to worship. Do you want to know how to pick a worship team God's way? Let's talk about it. Welcome to Blueprint Sounds. My name is Nathan Smith. Thanks for joining me. Today, we're going to be talking about worship teams and how to pick people for your worship team God's way. It turns out scripture actually has something to say about that. But before we do, I want to give you something. If you go to my website, blueprintsounds.com, you can get access to my free PDF called 25 Chart-Topping Arrangement Tricks. If you have a song that you've been doing with your team but you wish could be better, download this PDF. It gives you 25 great ideas for ways to make your song more interesting and keep interest throughout the song. It gives you a couple sentences about why the trick works, and then it gives you a song from the radio so that you can hear that trick in action. Again, go to blueprintsounds.com or click on the link nearby, blueprintsounds.com forward slash 25 tricks. All right, with that said, let's get to our topic today, choosing a worship team God's way. So our scripture is 1 Chronicles chapter 25. We're looking at the divisions of the Levites and specifically the divisions of the musicians among the Levites. So I'm going to jump around a little bit, but we'll start in verse 1. Moreover, David and the commanders of the army set apart for the service some of the sons of Asaph and of Heman and of Jeduthun, who were to prophesy with lyres, harps, and cymbals. And the number of those who performed their service was... And then it goes on to name a lot of names, a lot of family names and the sons of yada yada and the daughters of yada yada. We'll skip down a little bit. All these were under the direction of their father to sing in the house of the Lord, with cymbals, harps, and lyres, for the service of the house of the Lord. Asaph, Jeduthun, and Heman were under the direction of the king. Their number who were trained in singing to the Lord, with their relatives, all who were skillful, was 288. Here's the kicker. They cast lots for their duties, all alike, the small as well as the great, the teacher as well as the pupil. What an interesting little detail. To choose who would serve in the temple, they cast lots, meaning they rolled the dice. That's odd. And it's quite different from how we choose our worship teams today. Usually I see three ways that we choose worship teams. The first one is desperation. Oh, you can play guitar? You can sing? Please, 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 please lead worship for us this Sunday. We need one so bad we haven't had anybody lead worship. That's number one. Number two, familiarity and nepotism. Oh, well, he's on stage because he's the cousin of so-and-so, and and she's the wife of so-and-so, and he knows this guy, right? So you pick your friends, and you choose it that way. I've seen that before. And in big churches, those with, you know, a, a larger pull so that they can have a lot of people, it's often meritocracy. And that one kind of makes the most sense to us. So you've got five guitar players, and you've got three slots to fill. You have everybody come in, you know, you have you know, an old guy be the judge, or you have the worship pastor and the pastor, okay, everyone's going to run through their audition, and we'll call you back. The best one gets the nod. Maybe if you have a couple different, um, you know, rotations, you'll put your best people on these rotations. So those are your three. You've got desperation, familiarity or family relation, and meritocracy. But that's not how it worked with the Levites. Well, there's two really interesting things to point out about the way the Levites structured who would serve and when. The first was there were 288 of them, and they were all 
skillful. And it makes sense with the next part that the small and the great, the pupil and the teacher alike were all up to be chosen by God because that's what they were doing when they were casting lots. They were leaving room for God's choice rather than whoever was the most talented coming up. It's like, well, I get to serve because I'm clearly the best, which, well, that, that would have been the teachers. That's not how it worked. All of them were skillful, and any one of them at any moment could have been chosen by God. That means that as a teacher, you have the obligation to teach everything that you can to your pupil to make them as good as they can because you don't know if they're going to get chosen instead of you. And if the pupil gets chosen and they go to serve in the temple and they are unprepared, everyone's going to turn around and look at the teacher and say, why didn't you prepare your pupil like you should have? Because God may have chosen them or God did choose them. So you see, in the structure, it's actually quite clever. When you have God's presence, when you have God's choice available, everyone has to be ready to serve at a moment's notice. And yet there's not that hierarchy of merit of, well, I deserve because I'm the best to be the one that gets chosen. You're not in charge of that. It's not your merit that determines whether or not you serve. It's God's choice. That means that every one of those Levites had to prepare not just their hands to be skillful to play, but to prepare their hearts and be okay with God choosing someone else and remain humble and wait their turn, whether they were a teacher or a pupil. So let's talk about your worship team today. I'm guessing your church doesn't have 288 highly trained musicians just waiting to be chosen. Although that is a good admonition from scripture that we should train up the next generation so that they can be prepared to serve. But it is still possible to leave room for God's choice. And let me give you a very practical example. A while back, I was in charge of several worship teams. And as a part of our training, we would have a yearly retreat where everybody who was going to be on the worship team would go. And we would do team bonding, we would, you know, set the agenda and the vision for the year and everything that we were going to do. And I had learned from experience that the the retreat was really, really important for everyone to come together and have that common goal as to how we were going to do things and have a common heart for how we were going to do things. And so I made it mandatory. I said, hey, if you want to be involved in the worship team this year, come to the retreat. And, and that's just how it is. Well, we had a girl on our team whom I'll call Megan, and she was very talented. She had a great singing voice. She played multiple instruments, and she may have been the most talented person on our team. Maybe. Well, she called me a couple of weeks as it was getting close to retreat and said, hey, uh, I have this opportunity with a national level um, talent competition. If I said it, you would know the name. She said, you know, I've already made it past the first round. They want me to come out to the big city. Um, but the only problem is this next round is during the retreat. Is there any way that I can do the music competition, but then still make it for the rest of the year to be involved in the worship team? And I thought about it. But the more I thought about it, I realized, hmm, if I do this, that means that I'm telling everybody else, hey, this retreat's really important unless you're as talented as Megan. And if you are as talented as Megan, then we will bend the rules for you and we'll make things work because we really, really need you. And so we're rewarding merit in that way above and beyond team building and you know all of the stuff that I just talked about that was so valuable to having a cohesive team. I would be willing to give that up if I could keep this really important person. And so after thinking about it and praying about it, I decided 
No. No, I called back Megan. I said, Megan, um, you get to decide. You can either be a part of the worship team, which means that you'll come to the retreat, or you can go to this talent competition, in which case we wish you all the best. And she chose the talent competition. So we started the year in a deficit and our, you know, events were coming up quickly. But as we did the retreat, everything kind of locked into place. Later on, people would say that the retreat was one of the most formative parts of the year, that it was one of their favorite parts of the year. And so that that helped (laughs) me to feel better that, yes, I had made the right decision. But we still had a hole to fill. And one of the instruments that uh, Megan was going to play was bass. But there was this other girl named Carly. And Carly had been bouncing around in our teams for a while. She'd done different things, but she'd never played bass. And so I asked Carly, hey, would you be willing to step in on this instrument? I know you don't play it, but could you do it for us? She said, sure. So you got a great heart. So I give her like a 10-minute crash course during the first practice, and then I hand the bass to her, and she starts to play, and I am floored because she has this big smile on her face. She gets it. All right, the bass is very vibey. It's very much a feel instrument, and there's a lot that you can't teach. You kind of have to catch, and she caught it nearly immediately. She's moving with it, and she's, she's getting down on it like you should be, and it would take another person months to get close to what she was doing and the way that she felt the instrument. It was clear to me that she was a natural-born bassist, but she didn't know that. I didn't know that. Nobody knew that going into retreat, but God knew that. He set me up. He set her up too. He set all of us up because Carly ended up being a rock solid member of the team and providing a lot of leadership for that team. Now that she had finally found her fit, that's where she had belonged all along. I just didn't know it. God was waiting and he brought along a mini crisis to put her in the slot that she needed to be. He knew what he was doing He just needed the opportunity, so he made the opportunity. Well, if I had said in that moment, "Um, no, let's do whatever we can to keep Megan, you know, we'll fudge the rules and I'll go back on everything that I said, not only would that have been degrading, but Carly would have never gotten the opportunity to, to be our bass player like she needed to be because she's born to do it. That's what it means to pick a worship team God's way. It's to allow room for God's choice and decide beforehand that you're going to receive from the Lord the resources that you need rather than receiving from people the resources that you need. And that's a big difference. Let's say that you have that unspoken assumption in your head that you need people for all of the resources for your worship team. That means that you will run around in circles for a talented person. You will you know, you'll go crazy on a weekend trying to make things work because you think you receive from people. Whereas if you receive from the Lord, you can be at peace that God has brought you or will bring you the right pieces in the right time, even if it means that you might have a hole in your team for a little bit. If you believe that God has brought you the people that you need, he has the resources at his disposal then it means that you don't get bent out of shape and you don't reach for things that you shouldn't and try and get them from people instead. That's a big difference. That's what the Levites were doing when they left room for God's choice in the form of casting lots. They knew that all of this belonged to the Lord, all of these resources, and that God got to choose 
who would be involved in which team for his glory. And it's the same for us today. Don't choose your team out of desperation. Although God will bring the resources at the right time, don't let fear be what, you know, makes you put somebody up there who's not ready. Don't choose just off of friendship and family relation. Although oftentimes we do pick people that we know and that we're comfortable with, that shouldn't be the top consideration. And finally, don't choose based on merit. Because then you have to deal with all the strife that comes from trying to get from people the resources that you need. If you acknowledge that your resources come from God and you leave room for his choice, when he makes his choice, it brings peace because you know that you're doing what you're supposed to be doing. Hey, I hope that video helps you. And again, if you need help with your arrangements, go to blueprintsounds.com forward slash 25 tricks. Until next week, God bless and goodbye.